2017, the faithful will flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. What does flourish mean? It means to thrive. It means to increase. It means to enlarge. It means to grow, to be prosperous, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress, and to be at a high point in one's life. So think about this. 2017, the faithful will flourish. Hallelujah. The faithful, the faithful are expanding. The faithful are increasing. The faithful are growing. The faithful are prospering. The faithful. And, then, and it doesn't matter. We, we, well, it sure doesn't look like it, Pastor. But hey, it, it's going to happen. Because his word works. Because we know the word says, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. He, he's a God of progression. He, he's a pro, the, the law of progression. Have you ever heard Dr. Sell's message, the law of progression? He, 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 it's progression. Amen. He, the Bible says he takes us from glory to glory. From faith to faith. Meaning anything and everything that God does is never retreating. It's always going forward. So just think about it. That, that we need to be going forward in every area of our life. I, I never want to look back on a year in my personal life and say, say, well, I was the same that I was the year. I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen in our lives either. But it, it's, it's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's, it's understanding that he's given us everything that we need, according to Peter, everything that we need that it pertains to life and godliness. He's given it to us. So you need life. Tap into what he has given through his word. And, and that's by coming every Wednesday, Sunday, getting involved in Thrive Groups here. Start serving, plugging in. I'm telling you, that and, and, and being planted in the house of the Lord. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts. It is God. Amen. And so, so that's, that's what we're about as a church is seeing you flourish. You know, our, our, our ministry, what we've been about for years is making winners in life. It's flourishing. We want you to flourish. Every area of your life. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 92. And um, I'm going to be, we're going to continue talking about faith on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights is kind of like Bible school. And, and so we, we stay on a topic for, for a period of time. I think we've been on this one for maybe June. I don't know. <laughs> July maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll be finishing it sometime in the middle of October. Um, but anyway, it's, it, it's been, been an awesome journey. And, uh, and, and I, I want to talk about tonight the faith thoughts. Faith thoughts. And I'm going to start here in Psalms 92. And, and, and we're, we're just going to take a journey through, through the word. I was like looking at how many scriptures I have. I think I had about 35 scriptures. And, uh, and so, um, so, but we, we, won't, we won't turn to all those. I showed Tess, I was like, um, now these are my scriptures tonight. And, and I said, these all here, just flow with me. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalms 92, uh, verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Say, that's me. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. 
no unrighteousness in him. Be planted in the house of the Lord and you will flourish. Be planted. Be planted. You know, everything that we, we talk about the word in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, uh, Luke chapter 11, I think it is Luke chapter 8. And we talk about the, the, the sower sows the word. See, it's what you're planting in your life that is going to be, it, which it's the word or the things from the world that you're planting in your life that's going to determine how you flourish. Or what you're producing in your life. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4. And we're going to come back to Psalms chapter 92. But being planted is going to cause us to flourish. So where you plant yourself, the church you plant yourself in, is going to determine where you flourish. And, and, And how you're planted. If you constantly move from one place to another, you're not really planted, right? If you're listening to all sorts of input and receiving all sorts of input, what happened is, is you're planting all sorts of seeds in your life. If you constantly move a tree from one place to another, it's never going to flourish. If you're planting apple seeds and you're planting certain kind of vines in the same place, Something's, so, so, something's not going to happen right because the vines are going to eventually choke out the other seed. And so, so being planted in what we're planting in our lives has everything to do with our success. You're like, what does that have to do with our faith? Everything. Everything. Your, your thoughts have everything to do with your faith. What you're thinking about has everything to do with your faith. faith. And we're going we're gonna to talk about what are we thinking on? What are we thinking about in adversity? In Romans chapter 4, verse, let's see, verse 19. It says, and being not weakened in faith, he, talking about Abraham, considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. So there's two things I want you to see here. First is he staggered not. And he staggered not. He, he considered not and he staggered not. You see, because he considered not, he was able to stagger not. You see, considering is, is the, uh, in Abraham's life at this point is a thought process. He's either considering, when you're talking about considering, mean you're, he's got two options to choose between. And so what is he doing? He's considering one thought and he's considering a different thought. But he said, I consider not. I consider not what it looks like right now. I consider not. And that what he said? He considered not his own body now dead. He didn't see his thoughts were telling him one thing, but yet his another, there were other thoughts that were telling him something different. And because he considered not, he was able to get to a place where he staggered not. Meaning, when, when you come to a place where you don't consider the natural and you start considering what God has to say, it's going to bring a stability in your life. But when you're considering both of them, you're going to be unstable in all your ways. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I could stay there a lot, a long time there in, in Romans chapter 4, but we've done a lot through this faith series on that. 
But I just wanted you to see that aspect of consider not and stagger not. Matthew chapter 6, and then Mark 6, so that's not going to help right now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Meaning, where my treasure is, what I value the most, what I spend the most time doing is where, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So whatever I'm treasuring, that's where my heart is. Now, verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Now, if we're going to see this word light several times, but in, the, in these words, in these at least three places where we see light here, there are three different Greek words. If you look at this, the light of the body. The word light of the body in that first part for word light is the lamp or the candle, meaning it's the thing that produces light. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. So that word full of light is a different Greek word and it means to be well illuminated. So see you, if I had a, if I had a flashlight up here, that flashlight is a light, whether I have it on or not. So, but when I turn it on, it's illuminating the whole room. So get a picture of this, that my eye is the lamp, the, that the, the light of the body is the eye. So what I'm looking at is what is going to be producing in my life. What I'm focusing on is what's going to be producing in my, li- in my life. If your eye be single, or, or the word single there actually means to be simple, meaning it's, it's focused on something. It has laser point accuracy with it, meaning I'm focusing on one thing, I'm not focusing on 30 things. In, in our lives, we're inundated with focusing on so many things, right? So the next verse says, but if your eye be evil. Now, this word evil here doesn't mean bad. Now, this word evil in the Greek means to be full of labor. It means to be full of annoyances, to be full of hardships, to be full of pressures. So get this. But if your eye, meaning if you're focusing on the hardships, if you're focusing on all the pressures, if you're focusing all, on all the annoyances. See, it's not if your eye be evil, meaning if, if you're looking at bad things. Well, that can have to do with it. But what he's referring to, if you're constantly focusing on your pressures, if you're constantly focusing on the annoyances and the hardships, and it's, and it's interesting, this Greek word is plural, meaning it has to do with it's, it's multiple things, meaning you're trying to juggle so many thoughts. But here, what Jesus is saying here, it says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your light is, if your eye is single, meaning if I'm focusing on just one thing and the right thing, I'm going to be full of light. I'm going to, I'm going to illuminate light. I'm going to be filled with light. I'm going to be filled with life. But if your eye is evil, if your eye is full of hardships, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be not darkness. Actually, I, I, I mixed up the Greek word. If that light be in you, be darkness. That word, if that light be in you, 
is that's what you're emitting. That's something, you're emitting something. That's the third Greek word. You're emitting this light, meaning, so, so it says this, if therefore your light, if what you're emitting, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So if I'm focusing on hardships, then I'm going to be emitting something. And, it, and I'm not going to be emitting light. Because it comes down to our thoughts. Because the next thing here says, No man can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and he'll love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So here, he's referring to about being either single-minded or focus, your eye being evil, you're focusing all the natural pressures. Or your eye being single, you're focusing on something that's simplified. You're focusing on the right things. And then he tells us, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one or you're going to hate the other. You're, you're, not going to, you're not going to be successful if you're, if you're always looking at your hardships and you're looking at God. You're considering God and you're considering your hardships. You're considering the world's way of doing things or you're considering God's way of doing things. So hold your place there. Let's go over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given to him. If any man lack wisdom. So that lets me know that if I'm in a place and I don't know what direction to go, that I need wisdom. I need direction. So it says, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not and it shall be given. But it says this, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that waves is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Meaning, meaning, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Meaning, I'm not wavering. I'm asking. I want to get direction from him. I don't want to get direction from 30 other people. Amen. And so here, so, so it says that, that we would be like, that we would not be double-minded. That we would not be double-minded. Because when we're double-minded, we're unstable in all of our ways. You know, and I, I use this illustration. I, when I, times I, I minister along this, and I, I, had, a, I had a twister board. And I had, and I had, I had some, uh, so a couple of volunteers come up and we played Twister and, and we talked about, you know, in life we try to put one hand on, on this and, and our right hand on this. And we, we try to put a left foot on this and our right foot on this and, and the other person and they're, they're intermingled. And so what happens is when storms of life come, you just get knocked over. Why? You're not, your life isn't built on anything st- stable. Why? Because you're unstable in all your thoughts. You're, you're a double-minded man. You're, you're trying to do God's way and you're trying to do your way. You're, you're trying to do what, what this person told you to do and you're trying to do what that person told you to do. And, and when that's the case, is, when that's the case you're, not, you're not stable. You're not established in faith. Because it says, let him ask in faith. Meaning, meaning what, what does this also mean, let him ask in faith? Meaning, I'm not looking for someone else's opinion. 
It says, uh, if I lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I didn't say, let me ask of Jeremiah. Although if the Lord told me Jeremiah's got some wisdom, then it, it may come that way. But it says, let, me, let him ask of God. And let him ask in faith. Meaning, I'm expecting that I'm going to receive what I need to hear. And when I, re- when I, when I hear it, I'm not going to waver. Why? Because when I waver, then I, I, I'm, I, I become my own God. And then I'm trying to, so, so we're unstable in all of our ways. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Didn't know if I made myself clear in the early part of Matthew 6. I probably should have spent a little more time with that. But, but look here at verse 25. Because you, know, you can have this mindset of, uh, you know, from a religious standpoint, well, you can't serve God in, mon- in money. And so from a religious standpoint... You know, religion can put you box and say, well, we just need to serve God. We don't need to serve money. That's not what he's saying here. Money is a tool. Money is a great tool, but it's a horrible master. You, you know, and, and, so, and so, so the thing is, is we can't serve both things. So everything that Jesus is doing and dealing with with the disciples and those listening is, is, is saying, hey, Hey, you need to get a hold of this something. You need to get a hold of something. You need to get a hold of your thoughts. Because, see, this is all in context. Verse 25 says, therefore. So if I read the word therefore, then I need to see why it's therefore. And it's therefore because God's just telling us what we're looking at, what we're paying attention to, what we're listening to has everything to do. And what Jesus is really trying to get to us is, is verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought. For your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor yet for your body, what you should put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? So, so here he says, take no thought of this, but take this thought. You're better than a sparrow. <laughs> take, take this thought. Verse, verse 26, uh, verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? You heard me talk. Hey, I, I wanted to be six foot, but no matter how I worry about that, I'm still going to be five, seven or five, eight. I, it kind of depends on the day and who I'm with. <laughs> or the shoes. Yes. And so me, by me worrying, I, I, I'm not going to increase. So by you worrying about your current circumstances, it's not going to change it. Worry will never fix your problem. So, but what happens is if, if our eye is evil, what we're doing is we're focusing on the hardships. And what happens is the light that's in us is darkness. Meaning the light we have, there's nothing there. Why? Because see, light is all about hope. And so when you talk about your eye being single... Well, I'm, I'm looking at the hope. But when you're looking at all the other evil, what happened is, is you have no light and you're full of darkness. Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto a stature? And why take you thought for clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they reap. Now get that. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider. What did Abraham? Consider not the deadness of him because of his age. So here, here he, Jesus is saying, that, consider the lilies of the field. 
Meaning, meaning don't, don't take thought for what you're going to wear. But look at the lilies of the field. Consider them, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God's, God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So, he, see, it's about what we're considering. What are you considering tonight? Yeah. What are you considering tonight? Because our faith is going to be established on what we're considering. Yeah, so your life is going to be between two things, what you're fearing or what you're faithing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you're taking thought is, is what you're worrying and what you're in fear about. But here he tells us, take no thought, yeah. but consider and every end, of the, every end of what he explains has to do with consider me. Consider me. Consider me. Consider me. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Hallelujah. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, so we're, not to, we're not to consider our problem. But we're to do something else. We're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, another way of looking at righteousness in this scripture is the way that God does things. One translation, I believe, says the, the way of God, the way that, is it, it the Amplified that says this? His way of doing and being right. Seeking first his way of doing. Seeking first his kingdom. So, so I'm not to consider everything else that's going on that I'm facing, but I'm to seek first the way he does things. And there's a lot that we could, we could go, go in that, but for the sake of tonight as we're dealing with faith thoughts, one thing I need, to, need, need us to understand tonight is faith thoughts are centered on who he is and what he has done and what he said he would do. Faith thoughts are established, are not established on what might be, but faith thoughts are established on knowing what is. Let me say it again. Faith thoughts are not established on what might be or could be. But faith thoughts are established on knowing what is. There, there's a thing with, with faith that people might would ask me a question. Well, well, Pastor Justin, should I go to the doctor as it pertains to this? And if they ask me that question, I say yes. You're like, why would you say that, Pastor? Because faith is based in knowing. Faith isn't based on this could work or this might work. A lot of times we find ourselves in our faith life, and I've been guilty of this, in, 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 in almost living as, okay, I hope this happens. <laughs> I wish this happens instead of having the confidence, I know this is going to happen. It, faith is knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. 
You know, I could put a chair up here and have you sit in that chair. And no matter how much I'm going to try to convince you that that's not a chair, that's not a chair, that's not a chair. We're going to argue all night long because you know it's a chair. Because you know that you know that you know it's a chair. And so, so faith is based in what we know, not based on in what we think. And so often we live by what we think could be instead of living by what we know what is. It's kind of a play on words. Knowing is what produces confidence. First John chapter five, you don't need to turn there, but it says this, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When you, we can replace that word believe with no, whosoever knows that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So, so faith is based in knowing. Belief is based in knowing. When I believe something is, then I believe that it is. I, I know that it is. And so we need to shift our thinking in our faith life and our thoughts as, as not thinking what might be, but knowing what is. You know, I, I believe it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, Paul is talking about, and he talks about what, that he's been surrounded, he's been pressed, and, and he goes for and he makes a statement. It says, and we having the same spirit of faith. It says, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We believe, therefore we speak. And I heard a minister say this one time to me. He said, he said, too often we cross the bridge, therefore, too quickly. I believed, therefore have I spoken. We believe, therefore we speak. A lot of times people are speaking, but they're not believing. I, I, I'm thinking it. it. It could be. But that's why we spend time with him and we, we have the Holy Spirit and we have his word because, because when the, the word of God and the spirit of God come together, it's what, it, what brings us in this relationship of knowing, yes. knowing, yes. knowing, knowing. That, that, that's why when I talked about Sunday about using the name of Jesus and I talked about it, it's not just the abracadabra magic word we use, but it is, it is a, a revelation that's produced out of relationship. So when I say in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing it out of relationship, not because of because it's okay. I I hope it works. Hallelujah. Knowing, knowing John chapter 11, verse 41, Jesus, you don't need to turn there. Jesus says, I know that you always hear me. So when Jesus is standing and he's looking at the father and and he he makes that statement and he says, I know that you hear me always. Always. See that that that, those are that's that's thoughts of faith. I know that you hear me and you hear me always. Philippians 119. Paul says, I know that this shall turn. Not it could. No, I know that this shall turn. I know that this shall turn. Psalms 20, verse 51, the psalmist says, I know the Lord saves his anointed. I know it. I, I know it. It's, it, it's going to happen. Psalms 46, verse 10. I love this one. Be still and know that I'm God. You see, when we're, we're, in, we're in difficult times, a lot of times we're running around trying to fix it. We're running around trying to, to, to do something in the natural to change what's going on. But I love it. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, that, what a, a great scripture that of, of seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, it's seeking first him, not seeking a way to solve it. It's seeking him, seeking 
him, seeking his kingdom, seeking the way he does things. And see, a lot of times it's easy to say, yeah, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. There's one thing of saying it and, and, and another thing doing it. Because, see, we know it. We know it up here in our thinking. That's what we're supposed to do. But are we doing it? Have we sought, sought him enough to where we've gotten quiet down here? Or are we still pacing the floor? Are we still having sleepless nights? Are we still? And I'm not saying that if you're having sleepless nights, you should be in condemnation. No, what I'm saying is, is be still and know that he, then, then hey, or if, if, you know, if, if I get to a place, and I'm just being honest, if I get to a place where I have pressures on me, there's things on me, decisions I have to make, and, 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 I'm, and I'm up about it, you know what? I, I don't pray more. I know, what I have to do is I have to get still. Okay, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. What do I do? What do I do? If I'm not hearing anything, what do I do? I meditate on who he is. Oh, Father, you give wisdom. Liberally. I need wisdom, Father. I have these two decisions I can make, and I'm not sure which one, Father. I need wisdom. Never make a decision... To alleviate pressure. Never make a decision because of pressure. That doesn't mean that you'll never make a pressure, never make a decision under pressure, but never make a decision because of pressure. If someone is forcing you, I wasn't planning on going this direction, but if someone is, if someone's coming to you and they want an answer and they need an answer right now, I'll get back to you on that. If you have a boyfriend, a re- girlfriend, a relationship that's trying to get you to do something that you're not ready to do. <laughs> is that what they do in Australia, Tony? They just slap them? Is that... you, 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 because if you're going to make a decision based on an ultimatum to be in a relationship, to have sex or whatever it might be, then, then it's probably not the right decision. Yeah, you can say sex in church. It's all right. It's, it's, it's so, so the thing is, but you have to look at that in every area of your life. And, and another thing, don't let your pressure, be, don't put pressure on other people to be your answer. Because a lot of times people say, well, I'll just go talk to them about it and I'll do whatever they tell me to do because then I can come back to them and blame them for the wrong decision. I get that all the time as a pastor. Well, Pastor Justin said, well, Pastor Justin said. What we have to come to is, what is God saying? But seek first the kingdom of God. You have to get to know him. It's, it's a relationship. He desires a personal relationship with you. He, he is drawing you. He, I love in Psalm 65, and he says, he says blessed are those that, that, that he's called to come near. He wants you to come near so you know him. Your faith is established and built on knowing him. 
There's a lot of directions I could go right now, but I need to stay on point here. What do you know about God in the midst of your circumstance? I've had people, you know, and you, another rabbit trail here. There's times people have come to me, and, and I don't want you to be condemned or anything. I'm not singling anyone out. And people come to me and, and they'll say, so pastor, my, my home is about to be foreclosed on. And for me as a pastor, I, I wish I could meet every single person's needs. I, I wish I had that ability. And maybe one day we, we will as a church body or I, I will personally. I'd love to be at that, that position in place. And, and, and I mean, you know, the things that people will come in and my heart hurts because I, I, I want to fix it. I, 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 have a, I have a shepherd's heart, a pastor's heart. I want to fix it. I, I want to make it better. I, I, I want to be the answer to everyone's problem. I, I want to be the one to, to step in and, and, and save the day. But there's times also when, when I know people that, that, they're, that they may be about to be foreclosed on. And, and really, the answer isn't me bailing them out. Because what, what's going to happen next month? What's going to happen the month after that? What's going to happen the month after that? And, and sometimes, sometimes we have to take a step forward, step backwards so we can go forwards. Sometimes the greatest thing is to, to do is lose that house because it was an Ishmael to begin with. Maybe it was a wrong decision. A wrong, I've I bought things. I've bought cars. I've been in relationships that were not the will of God. And I like what Jesse said, and I paid more than I wanted to pay, and I stayed longer than when I stayed. Because I didn't take the time to wait. And the thing is, is if you're in a situation like that, I want, I want to encourage you. God restores. God brings back. God makes new. I've lost a lot of things, and sometimes it was because God said, obedience, to you need to be obedient with this, and you need to put this behind you. It was humbling. It was... I had to take, I, I went from having a two-story house and two an acre and a half of land to sharing with a bedroom with another guy. Not, we weren't relationship. It was a dorm situation. Please, <laughs> please get me right here. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I had to take a step backwards. And in the natural way, it was like, man, but where, my privacy, my, my, it felt good to say I had my own house. And it felt good that it felt good to say that. Amen. And I, where do you live? Well, five other guys in a house. Yeah, that's yeah, it's great. <laughs> Eating ramen noodle and fruit cocktail. It's great, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I see where God's brought me now. Thank you, Father. I finished my introduction, but <laughs> <laughs> we hurry through the last part of it, but but it, it's kind of you got to see first Him. It's Him getting to know Him. Hallelujah. Let me read Matthew six verse twenty two. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single. See, our eye needs to be single. Abraham, in Romans chapter 4, 
was not always that strong in faith. I mean, after all, he shacked up with a, with a maidservant and had another kid with someone else. So understanding, he had to get to a place where his eye had to be single. My, my, my prayer, my heart for my own life is that my eye is single. My heart for every single one of that, our eye is single. Because when our eyes single, we're full of light. Let me, let me just talk about what are some areas where our, our eye need to be single in. And there's, there's five things that needs to be established in our thought life as it pertains to a strong foundation to your faith. You got time for five of these things? So five things that need to be established in your thought life to have a strong foundation to your faith. The first thing that you have to know is God is love. Your life has to be established on this principle that God is love. You can write down these scriptures, 1 John chapter 4, 7 through 10, verse 16. It tells us God is love. Talked about love, what manifested love looks like about a man lay down his life for his brethren. We see love. Lamentations 3.22 says his loving kindness... It's because of his loving kindness that they're not consumed. Because of his compassions, because of his love, they fail not. We know 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. So if love never fails and God never fails, then, and, and, and love never fails, then God never fails. So, but you have to know this. So when you're going through difficult times and you can consider one thing or another, you need to take a step back, sit down. And meditate on what you know about God. He is love. He is love. Because he's love, he's going to direct me. Because he's love, he's going to restore me. Because he's love, he's going to see me through these things. Because he is love. And each one of these are a sermon in itself. So uh, our second one is you have to, we have to establish in our knowing is God doesn't change. God doesn't change. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord. I change not. Hebrews 13, verse 8, talks of Jesus and says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6. So the second thing, so the first one is that God is love. Second thing is God doesn't change. And let me read another scripture here with God doesn't change. Hebrews 6. Verse 17. And this is actually talking about Abraham. If you start in verse 13, I don't have time for that right now. Verse 17 says, And according God also in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promises, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan, he intervened with an oath. See, this is the nature of God we're talking about. The unchangeableness of his purpose and his plan. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. The third thing is God doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. So these are things that we need to know about God. He he is love. He doesn't change. And he doesn't lie. See, See, the enemy, he's the father of lies. He's the author of lies. And he cannot tell the truth. It says the truth is not in him. Even if he speaks truth, he'll speak it pervertedly. 
Titus uh, verse 1 tells us that God cannot lie. That's Titus verse, chapter 1 verse 2. Hebrews 6.18. This is the next verse that we just read. This was so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath. Get that. What are the two unchangeable things? His promise and his oath. This is the Amplified. In which it's impossible, impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us. We who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us, set before us. King James says, by two immutable things, immutable means things that can't change, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of him. What We, we, we run to refuge for him. Why? Because he doesn't lie. He doesn't change. Like I said, each one of these are a message, so I could stay weeks on. The fourth thing is, God always keeps covenant. He always keeps his covenant. He's love. He doesn't change. He doesn't lie. And he always keeps covenant. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. I will turn to a couple of these. Hebrews 13. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of our sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Meaning when Jesus stepped in and he did what he did, he set in motion an everlasting covenant everlasting covenant a covenant that couldn't change and a covenant that had no time frame let's look at Psalms 105 Psalms 105 verse 8 it says remember actually verse 8 he hath remembered his covenant forever the word which he commanded to a thousand generations Let's go to Psalms 89. You can just listen. You, don't, you can just make note of these and go back to it later. Psalms 89, verse 28. It says, My mercy and loving kindness will I keep for him forever. And my covenant shall stand fast and be faithful with him. His offspring also will I make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my ordinances. If they break or profane my statutes and keep not my commandments. Then will I punish their transgression with the rod. Verse 33. Nevertheless. Meaning even, even they do those things. Nevertheless. My loving kindness will I not break off of them. Or allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break or profane. Nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once have I sworn by my holiness, which cannot be violated, I will not lie to David. You see, David had that relationship. Even though I make a mistake, even though I fail, his covenant doesn't fail. Even though I make a mistake in his fail, his love never fails. It will not alter the thing that has gone out of his mouth. Wow. That's the kind of God you serve. So we have four four things so far. God is love. He doesn't change. He doesn't lie. He always keeps covenant. And the last one, understand this, that God is faithful. 
God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 9. Know therefore, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. Know, know this. Know therefore the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Another scripture you can write down is 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful. God is faithful. Now I have two more scriptures. Go to Psalms 92, where we started. Thank you, Father. Also find Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to close it out and, and bring this bring this out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, Psalms 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Man, that's us. Now get this. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Man, get this. Abraham in his old age. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit. Man, still. I mean, this, ha- this has happened a long time. As long as, as long as you stay planted in him, you'll flourish. As long as you allow your thoughts to be planted and, and focused on him, you'll flourish. Even in old age, they shall still bring forth fruit. In old, they shall be flat, fat and flourishing. Why? why? Why are they going to be fat and flourishing? Why will they still bring forth fruit? Why? Because to show that the Lord is upright. To show that the Lord is upright. See, God wants to show up and show out in your life. He wants to manifest himself on the other side of your problem, on the other side of wherever you're at. Why? He wants to show forth something. Why? Because why? he's a rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. There's no unrighteousness in him. When we talk about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, there's no unrighteousness in him. You know what his righteousness is? God is love. God, God doesn't lie. He doesn't change. He always keeps covenant. He's faithful. That's his right. There's no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 11, and I'm closing with this. Now think about that old age for a moment. Think about Abraham. He considered not. He considered not the deadness, the, his, how dead he was because of his old age. And he staggered not. And it said he didn't weaken in faith as he what gave praise and glory to God. Yes. Now let's look at, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. 
See, Abraham received strength as he gave praise and glory to God. Why? Because he finally got to know who God was. It says, and she was delivered of a child when she was past age, still brought forth fruit in old, old age. Why? Because she judged him faithful. She judged him faithful. Abraham was strengthened as he gave praise and glory to God. Sarah was strengthened when she judged him faithful. Praising him and judging him faithful comes from a comes from an understanding of faith thoughts. She judged him faithful. Why? Because I know him. Abraham was able to give praise and glory to God. Why? He knew him. He's, and, and why? Because Abraham said, he goes, because I know what he said, what he, what he what is able to do, what he said he would do, he's also able to do. Yeah. That, that speaks of relationship. Yeah. Faith thoughts. What do you know about God? And this last question. Is your eye single? When Abraham and Sarah's eye became single, they stepped into a whole other level of flourishing. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you, Father, for the teacher of the Holy Spirit that brings us to another level in our relationship with you. It's not about how strong we can grow our faith, but it comes down to how close can we get to you? Because it's through getting close to you that our faith will be unshakable in difficult times. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Trey, come on up. Receive that tonight.